0: Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel seam 2 glass I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales, And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. Well, I have to say, mate, it feels quite nice to be home. It, it feels
1: lovely to be back in a nice freezing cold studio. <laughs> no but don't you
0: agree like i just it's familiar surroundings yeah i've missed this <laughs> me too <laughs> australia was great but no, i it wasn't I...
1: <laughs> did you generally not enjoy no, Australia? I, honestly mate i and and thank you as well for mate sorting it all out and whatnot thank you for coming no <laughs> <laughs> i i we, have, we always have a good
0: time anyway it, it, it was a good laugh it was a good laugh yeah. but yeah, just, I just like, I like sitting here with you, mate. Yeah. You know, we have our little chats, we moan about the weather. It is it is as great as the live events were and have been this year. It's just nice sometimes just to natter away with you and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's what we're going to be doing today. Good. Um, I hope you're all happy that we're, we're back in our usual surroundings in, in the studio, like Tony pointed out. It's a little bit chilly, but we've got the uh, portable uh, radiator blasting behind us. Yeah. Twiggy's in the bed next to me, shivering. (laughs) Literally. Literally, this is miserable. Um, But we're going to power through the cold uh, and bring you a a fairly regular episode because, yeah, it's been a while through all the live events in Australia and then the live events in the UK before that. Um, It's felt like ages since we've just sat down and had a bit of a natter. It's been a month easy easy and we have a lot to catch up on because well not only has a lot happened in the automotive world since we've been the other side of the world but also we had some experiences in Australia that we didn't really talk about didn't have a chance to talk about and they were quite Big experiences. Some were epic. Some of them were epic. So let's launch straight in because uh, right at the end of our trip, we went to visit the incredible Lee Collection. And I have a couple of main channel videos still to come from the Lee Collection visit. Uh, But whilst we were there, you essentially became a motor journalist (laughs) on, on like Evo car of the year day. I did. And just got to jump in and drive... Well, all the cars you've been wanting to drive all year. Whatever I wanted, basically. (laughs) Whatever you wanted. (laughs) Which is the sort of hilarity of the Lee collection. Just before we get into it, to clarify, in case you don't know who the Lee collection are or what we're talking about, uh, this is a private collection in Perth, Western Australia, uh, which has popped up in the last few years. Um, My good friend, Josh... Uh, who's a very well, I think he still is a good photographer. I was gonna say, was a good photographer, still is a good photographer, uh, and ended up working there. Mm-hmm. So I sort of got this lucky in to the collection, and it's 180 cars now, I think they said. They will, it will be by the end of 2024. Okay, 180, 180 cars, cars by the yeah. end of 2024. And I mean, it's just not only every supercar you can imagine. But it's the most open and welcoming supercar collection I've ever heard. And they are the coolest guys you're ever likely to meet. Just so generous, yeah. so chilled, so laid back. And it is a case of, what, do you want to drive? No, I mean, they don't literally walk up to any person in the street. <laughs> <No>. so, <right. laughs> We've somehow been lucky enough to sort of end up on mm. the inner circle. But yeah. if you are part of the friendship group, they just seem to hand keys to anyone and everyone. And, and I obviously just entering that i couldn't believe
1: our i used the word blasé lightly but they just went well what do you want to drive <laughs> so to, well all of them
0: please yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i literally like i could spend a year here literally. and make a video every week and i still would not have got not through all the collection so uh so tell us what were the i think it was three cars in total that you drove
1: yeah so i drove um AMG black AMG GT Black Series. Um, 812 Competizione. 812 Competizione Which surprised me. And 765 five LT. I
0: mean, big hitter cars. Big hitter cars. And cars. cars that we've kind of spoken about a lot on the podcast. So let's start, let's go through it in order. Let's start off with the AMG GT Black Series. Now, I had especially arranged this. You did. Because I know that you've been... Well, you've had your eye on that car really ever since it came out. Oh, I have, yeah. Um, you've previously owned MG GT, GTS, GTR, GTR Pro. Yep. <laughs> well done. So, <laughs> <laughs> the the black series. Did you ever have any of the convertibles, by the way?
1: No, uh, no, okay. no, I'm not a convertible. Man, I had an SLS back in the day. Remember? Yeah. So okay, I, yeah. I
0: have an affiliation with fast front engine Mercs but you hadn't had the chance to get up close or get behind the wheel of a Black Series no. yet. So that was the, when, I, when I was making the plans with Josh, I said, look, can you, can you ask the team, could we definitely at bare minimum take out the Black Series? And he said, yeah, no problem at all. Yeah. So, and that was our proper driving day as well. We went up into the Perth Hills. We did. Uh, got a little unlucky with the traffic and stuff. But anyway, talk us through your experience. Well, where do I start, mate?
1: so so starting from getting in it yeah. essentially, all very familiar, all very mercedes, obviously, the thing that always annoys me with that era of Mercedes is that stupid entertainment system mm-hmm. feels so dated, it now. feels dated, it's not touch screen, it's got a fiddly um like iDrive drive twuggle pad thing, which is uh, horrible to use. Especially when you compare it to a, a modern Porsche or a modern Lamborghini. Maybe not so much a modern Ferrari, because they're a disaster. <laughs> Too many <But>, touchscreens. <laughs> yes, it's a disaster. But but yeah, but, uh, Merck could probably do better. But the AMG Black was probably the last of the older generation before
0: they slot all the new stuff in, right? And this is the thing. Like, I think we should just tangent on this for a second, because we spending so much time getting in and out lots of different cars we talk about touch screens and infotainment a lot and there's a big benefit these days for some things not being touch screen as you Mm. just touched on (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ferrari have gone too far in the wrong direction where everything is touch screen I still like the odd physical button especially for air conditioning things that you're going to use regularly that you don't want to have to be going through a touch screen or sub menus for but the problem with that older generation Merc tech is I think it's overly complex yeah so not only is there not some functionality which you kind of want or expect to be touchscreen like apple carplay or or your music and things like that but just it's just fiddly it's a menu and a menu mate. it's a menu and a yeah. menu into access of things and the buttons are always in a slightly annoying place and that's the that's what i think we mean when we say you know, it's, it's not touchscreen. We're not saying we want everything to be touchscreen. No. But there's some things which you would expect in 2023 to be touchscreen. Uh,
1: especially when you think that's a, a, a big ticket car. It's a £330,000 car list. And up until recently, they were nearly four hundred grand on, on the used market, you know. So it's a big ticket car, you know. So instantly when I got in it, i take that aside. All felt really, really familiar. All familiar Merc. Great big long bonnet. Not too dissimilar to the DRs and the Pros. Felt very... I felt very at home straight away. Knew where everything was. We goes out the garage, obviously. We start driving on the... On what we would call like an A-road or a highway in Australia. Yeah, dual carriageway. Dual carriageway, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. And... uh, (laughs) Listen, the elephant in the room with that car is the noise. It's all people talk about. Oh, the noise is that not that good. And, yeah, you're probably right. The noise isn't as it should be for a big thunder in V8. But let's not forget, guys, all these modern cars, they never sound as good as the, the older stuff anyway now. Things have changed. I know you can put exhaust on it, but it it didn't sound terrible. I don't think it sounded terrible. It's dead quiet outside. Yeah, that's going to be my point. Yeah, but I'm not
0: inside. I'm not outside. I'm inside. Yes, they they, they have done a good job to create a sound environment inside the car that, that makes you feel like you're in a big thundering V8. Yeah. <laughs> I think most people have only experienced that car from the outside. Yeah. Uh, and it is insanely disappointing. It's a wet fart from yeah, the outside. Yeah, And there's yeah. a black series. You know, even when we're in the Lee Collections warehouse and you go to start it up and it just goes... Mm, yeah. You're like, come on. That's where the disappointment lies. And I will not... I will not... <laughs> I will not let that go. <laughs> it's a black series. It be, but go...
1: But I, I completely understand. But... The, the association with Black Series now has completely changed. The old SLS Black Series, the C-Class Black Series, they were monsters, mate, and didn't go in a straight line. This is a completely different kettle of fish, this new car. It's a precise... Um, <laughs> what would the other word I'd say? It's very honed in... Yeah, focused. it's Focused yeah, yeah. track car. It's not, it's not of the old, so, I, I get the noise thing, and actually inside it pumped through the, the speakers, it, it didn't bother me or not bother me. Do you know what I mean? It is what it is. I, I always look at modern cars, and I care what they drive about. I care about the brakes. I care about how it turns. I, I care about all of that stuff, more than noise, essentially.
0: I and. Yeah, the thing is, as you say, as a driver, it's definitely nowhere near as bad as it is from the outside. And so few people have been fortunate enough to experience it internally. Yeah, That's why. So so you're right. If you owned the car, how upset would you be? I don't think you'd be as upset as a, a passerby Absolutely or someone not. at a car show. Yeah. Uh, and I do believe the Lee Collection had an exhaust in that car when I drove it last year. And they took it off. Well, Josh says you took it off for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to give you a, as an authentic. That's experience what he said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good man. He K- he's own. a lovely man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, so so you've already touched upon the fact that this is a very different black series. It's it's honed in. It's focused. It's purposeful. So when did you start to discover that? Could you tell that straight away out the box, or or when did you start to go, oh oh wow? Because you had certain expectations, I'm sure, for the car. Hi. Very high expectations, obviously. I knew it was
1: special straight away, and we always talk about that 100-yard thing, and I knew it was a proper car anyway, but I kind of already knew that anyway because I'd seen them on track before and I'd seen them about. So I already knew it would be a proper car because when do the Germans, when they make these track special stuff nowadays, when are they not good? They're bang on. It, It... it's a car for me that car it absolutely ticks every box what i look for in a car almost so my expectations were were met from that from that respect i could tell it was very dialed in yet a bit subdued okay originally initially and then when we started to get up on the hills Uh, I obviously got the car loads more, but I was a little bit disappointed. (gasps) (sighs) I'll come back to it, but I thought, this actually is a little bit of a dead instrument. And I don't know whether, if we go back to the noise, whether it's because of the noise, but like I said, I was never really that bothered about the noise, but it turns out I was in the wrong settings. Like Uh most of these modern cars, like my M3 Touring, like most of these modern cars, Porsche less so because there's not too many settings with Porsche. Yeah, you just rock up and go. But most of these modern cars now, you've almost got to set them up before you get going. So I started to play around with the you know, the driving modes and the traction controls. Because there's what?
0: There must be 10 r- modes. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, there's a race plus, I think, is the e- lariest, or race race. Yeah, I so they oh,
1: flipping hell, there's normal, sport sport plus sport race, or, plus or race race race, race, and then individual, I think. Something ah, like okay, that. Okay, yeah, sure. Anyway, there's millions. Of them. <laughs> yeah, an so, so, obviously it wasn't my car, so I was trying to be as respectful as I could, and I was allowed to do what you like, but I always like to drive mm-hmm. other people's mm-hmm. cars with a bit of respect. So, as I as we were driving round, obviously I was following you in a certain car. Can I say we're going to come on to that in a okay, second? Okay, fine. Yeah. And and then um, Josh was in front in the eight twelve Competizione. so I had a lovely view. And I'm driving the car, and we're then starting to get into the hills. So I'm switching the Malentino. And it's starting to cut co- uh, the ma- manatino? Man- Man- yeah. manatino? Manate- manatino. So I'm switching the Manatino on the on the steering wheel. Ma- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I made me go. Keep Bastard. going. So yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm switch- so I'm switching that. And and obviously the, the the more I switch it to the right, it it the car's coming alive. And then as I started to really get on we started to push on a bit, there was like I felt the traction control coming in too much. So I'm, like it was really, it started to bog down and I'm thinking, well, that's annoying. So I then switched it all off basically and then uh, at the time of my life it was like <laughs> one of the best cars I ever drove. <laughs> so it's like flipping hell, this is unbelievable this car. It's so fast and it's really weird how the power comes in because you think it's really linear then it goes mad towards the end of the revs. Um, unlike quite a lot of other turbocharged cars it seems to, it has a power band, and then goes again towards the end. So, that took a bit of getting used to, especially for turbo, because they're always so linear nowadays. Sure. So, that was good. Really, really fast. Brakes, amazing. Obviously, I love a car with good brakes. Um, I started to get a bit of heat in the tyres as well, and I just thought this car is a, it's a real precision lap time. It's a proper, proper bit of kit. The front end was amazing, but it still wasn't... And I said this at the, on the on the day. It's still not as dialed in as our car, mm.
0: as our cars. Mm. I honestly do not know how Porsche should have done it, but... It, it, the it, front did, end on the 992 GT3 and GT3 RS, it's, I don't, it's, it's hard it, to it, understand. It is literally... And no matter what I go
1: in, because I own... That particular car. I always compare the front ends, and it wasn't as good. But, and then when you think, well, the merck has got a big engine at the front, and it is set up differently, undoubtedly faster than the GT3, obviously. Um, but I loved it, mate. It's, yeah. a, it's a real... You said,
0: though, you, you said earlier that you felt a little bit cold, uh, you, uh, you know, a bit of a dead instrument. Until I turned it up. Fine, okay, so that, that's uh, at that point. So, It's the sort of classic German thing, is it? Of just like, you're not ready for this. (laughs) You don't know what you're doing.
1: It's why when we always say that the Ferraris, and even Lamborghinis to a certain extent, they're special at 30 mile an hour. Mm. That Black Series isn't special at 30 mile an hour. It's just a really good car.
0: Yeah. You've got to wind it up. And did it feel very similar to a GTR or GTR Pro at the slower speeds? No, It still felt different to it, those. It, uh, you
1: could tell you was in a different car.
0: It's a completely different for car. For good then. or work. Because um, when we went out last year with the cars, the boys bought a, a GTR Pro and a GTR, I think. And the GTR Pro was a bit leery, had a big exhaust. And they all preferred the GTR Pro because they said it felt a bit more in your face and at it, slower it. speeds. Yeah, You know, just a bit more, a bit more gnarly, a bit more like character to it at the slower speeds.
1: Yeah, the, the 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 Black Series, and a lot of that's always to do with noise, right? Mm. You know, Lambo especially, Ferrari to an extent, they have that noise and that burble at 30 mile an hour, and that's what gives it the character. The Merc's dead quiet, yeah. apart from the the noise that's pumped through the speakers, obviously. So I didn't really get that. I could just tell it was a real proper bit of kit, yeah. and and it is, but... It's like not
0: most modern cars now. It has two or three personalities. Yeah. yeah. Well that, but I think that's one of the biggest selling points for that car. That's what blew me away is, is that it, it is a fully-fledged track weapon, as you say, lap time annihilator, something that you... Or we could have taken on that Austrian trip, and you would have been ecstatic, but probably even more ecstatic than you'd been in the GT3 because it's a cruiser as well. You've hit the nail on the head. It's literally...
1: I could have done... And because it being German... I could have, I could have done the Autobahns in that car, in more comfortable, more comfort than the GT3, gone round the track probably faster, and then driven home and
0: it being absolutely fine. Yeah, loads uh, of bags in the back, nice like. and quiet. Yeah, it's no, I and it looked amazing on the road. That's what I was going to oh. ask you. And I know we spoke about
1: this because I was obviously following you. I know you was in something pretty special as well. To be fair, but. They look mega, don't they, when they start coming up behind it's you. It's so aggressive. I and mean, they yeah.
0: always look good. I remember when you had that GTR Pro and you followed me out of the old studio at the Duke yeah. of London and I was like, that thing looks amazing. But yeah. that black series, it's so wide. Yeah. And you see the wing and you were just coming snaking up behind yeah. me. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> very, very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we got to the top of the hills. I was doing some filming. And for the drive back you were given the opportunity to swap cars and jump into the Ferrari 812 Competizione. Well,
1: Josh just said to me, uh, do you
0: want to drive the Ferrari
1: back? <laughs> I said, sorry? <laughs> he said, have uh, you driven the Competizione before? I said, no, of course not. <laughs> no one in the he world said, has, Josh. Yeah, Josh,
0: there's only a certain amount of them, and I've only ever seen two. He said, well, there you go then. So I literally drove it back. I mean, and, and obviously, Josh is incredibly kind, but as is Lawrence. I mean, you know, unbelievable. They're they're just here. I mean, I'd met him once at that point. Yeah. (laughs) We'd had like a little drink at dinner. and <laughs> then The next day we're driving all his cars yeah. around. Absolutely. No, we'd not, day. no, we'd not even met, I'd not even met him. Oh no, that's because we landed. <laughs> that's, you'd not even met him and you were driving his cars. Driving his cars, he's I mean, yeah. just the best, I mean, that whole team, that whole team, just the best <laughs> people in the world.
1: And then when we met him, we were coming, he'd come and listen to How come was your day? We said How was your day, guys? Go, <laughs> right, go, all right. Cars, all right? So, yes, thank
0: you. <laughs> yes. We went flat in all of them. Uh, yeah, we did, yeah. Um, And he loves it. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. Now. Okay, let me get your thoughts initially on this. So, 812 Comitizioni, because of the lack of media media around that car, yeah. understandably, because Ferrari doesn't need to review them, you know, I mean, it doesn't need people to review them. They all, well, they're, all they're, sold. they're all sold and <laughs> yeah, they couldn't yeah. care less. Yeah, yeah. I just have felt like there's been less hype around it than the TDF. You know, when the TDF came out, Everyone went nuts. It was the scariest, craziest, wildest car in the world. It had this reputation. It sounded the nuts, Mm. like just I was like TDF, TDF, TDF. Mm. Since the competition has come out, I've just been a bit like, Mm. like I'm not sold on the looks of the coupe. I like it. I know you do. Mm. It's big. It's big. It's a big car, but so is an eight twelve. It's not. Again, let's touch on sound. Uh, It's not as aurally impress hourly impressive as the as the TDF and the cars, but. Uh, you know, side it. Um, What's getting out of a Black Series? Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, and I don't know, like, I'd spoken to Schmee about his experience. I spoke to, I think, Paul and Seb drove one in LA. Yeah. Like, everyone was like, yeah, it's like just a bit of a, a louder, like, 812 super fast. And I was like, no one had told me, like, a, like no one had told me that that thing is the nuts. Like, no one was like, this thing is the bomb, apart from Raffaele Di Simone, who's Ferrari's test and development driver, so I should probably have listened to him rather Are than you? anyone else. Yeah. So, long story short, I actually turned down the opportunity to drive that car on that day. There was a bigger reason as to yeah. why. We'll, we'll come back to that, yeah. but Josh did offer me first, mm. do you want to drive it back? And I said, no, no, I'm good. And then he said, well, Tony, do you want to drive yeah, it back? Yeah. So, you were way more excited than I was, and after you driven it, i regretted the decision, but Talk to me. So jumping inside, is it that same lightweight, special Ferrari feeling that you get in all of that? Did you jump in and go, oh my God, I'm in something real?
1: It, it It's the same feeling I get when I always jump in a Ferrari, mate. Whether it's Eddie lightweight. Ferrari. Okay. Just go, yes, I'm in a Ferrari. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah. So I'm laughs> in. I've, I've
0: made it, or at least Josh and Lawrence and then, have. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, then, and then to the left, you've got that competition only written on the... On the dash, and you instantly know you're in. I didn't even need to start it up, mm-hmm. you knew you were in something special. So, um, I starts it up instantly. A, a big V12 raw, yeah. Again, we go back to it slightly muted, but that's the world we live in nowadays. That That's the way it is. It's never going to be like a TDF, and I'm not going to want to kill you like a TDF because there really isn't any or many cars in the world that. Drive like a TDF. or want to kill you. <laughs> like yeah, a, yeah. even or didn't a, drive. I think that was the <laughs> scariest
0: thing about it. There was even an F12
1: wanted to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Fair, uh, you fair. know the, the Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari don't really make cars like that anymore because they want to sell their customers new cars. they Don't want them dead. Yeah, Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the eight the eight twelve is very tame compared to the the F12 and the and the TDF anyway. So, but driving it straight away and I and I said to you. I think it feels way different to an 812. Mm. It is of course it's a it's a better version of a of an 812 and it's got to be. But my comparison when, when you when I was telling you was like the difference between a normal 488 and a Pista. There's a 20 or 30% difference. It's better. Is it is it worth the 1.5 or 1.4 million pound price tag? Probably not. But is a TDF worth a million quid? No. There were 400 grand new. You know, that's just an inflated price, essentially. So did I like it? It's a mega, mega car. It's a proper bit of kit. It's way more civilized than what I expected, probably. Um, Does it still feel like a stripped out special car? Yeah. Interesting for sure,
0: yeah. I, I, as I say, my expectations have been f- not low because I know it's a Ferrari, I love the 812, it like I was, but I just wasn't there, like, going of all the cars in this garage, that's the one I can't wait to get behind the wheel of. Yeah. And, but then when you got out at the end and you were like, I was yeah. like oh, damn it, I, but I get that with I've all been Ferraris. Silly. Though, like, I, you, I, like but you I would do, too, exactly. I just don't know why. I think I just, I've just, I'd written off that car probably unfairly or yeah. unnecessarily. But let's just clarify as to why I didn't take the opportunity, because I'm sure you're going like, oh, Sam, what an arrogant dick, like yeah. turning down the chance to drive an 812 competition. He <laughs> was in an electric car. That's because no. I was in a Tesla, <laughs> and I just really wanted to, no. That's because I was driving a McLaren P1. You're fairly outrageous. I mean, <laughs> what a joke. I mean, just to go back to the whole, like, God, what do you want to drive? Yeah, I like, literally, the P1. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this was a silly moment. I literally, we landed from Sydney. Uh-huh. Got an Uber to the hotel, dumped our bags, went and found Josh. And I got on to a P1 and we Pretty went up into the away, so yeah. From, from when one
1: aeroplane to another. We,
0: literally, <laughs> when he was like, oh, do you want to drive anything else? I'm like, no, I'm no, not. No, like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not really sure when I'm next. There's a tiniest of chances I might get to drive an 812 journey at some point in my life, given the amazing opportunities I get. I don't think I will get a P1 opportunity. So I'm just not going to get We're out of, of this car. work. Well, people just don't use them and mm. they don't work in the back. So there is a main channel coming on the P1 experience. My second time behind the wheel of a P1, but for a longer drive, a, a, a more of a chance to try and understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nearly two hours. I say we, we got pretty unlucky with traffic and stuff. And as you pointed out, it's, you know, this wasn't a press car that I could find, like feel a bit more confident to push on. on. It's, it is a, privately owned car and yeah you know, at that point we hadn't seen Lawrence, so i didn't want to be like oh yeah no really good day i did crash the p1 <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so oh. please at least let me pay for your <laughs> dinner yeah we were spending <laughs> three days with them so yeah. uh, i didn't want to take the piss entirely <laughs> so yeah main channel video coming on that but but you know i i wasn't being the arrogant stuck-up youtuber douchebag you might have thought i was being by being like, i don't want to drive your ferrari <laughs> yeah. uh, i was in something which at the time i thought was a little bit more special uh, but i regretted the opportunity uh, nonetheless competition is probably Worth, worth more money. I, I would say definitely worth the more. The paid money. But it's not about the money, dude. No. You know, it's about it's the first time else. I've
1: ever heard you say that. <laughs> been out <laughs> all the time I've known you. It's not about the money, mate. It's all about the money. It's all <laughs> about the money.
0: That's why this week we've been <laughs> sponsored by... No, i um, Anyway, so long story short, we had another couple of amazing days. Um, more of that content still to come on the main channel. But uh, I want to touch on our sort of final, I guess, few hours uh, driving cars in Australia because... At the end of last year, when I went to do that paternity leave content, which went out at the start of this year, when I visited the Lee collection, the last thing we did on that trip was go for a big drive with Mm. with a lot of the cars that were in the collection at the time. We must have taken 20 or 30 cars for, for a big old blast. Everyone was jumping in and out of other things, and I didn't film it, and genuinely it was one of the best experiences of my year yeah and this happens quite a lot we spoke about it most of the automotive experiences i have when i don't have to pick up a camera are the best experiences. yeah yeah don't get me wrong i've done some amazing stuff on film driven some incredible cars done the adventures like taking the 360 tenerife and things like that but the really moments that stay in my mind are the ones i'm not filming because i can actually focus on the moment yeah. and i'm not thinking what's the angle like so I was keen to try and repeat that if we could, because it was such a cool day. Yeah. And I was said to Josh, like, is there any plans to do a big drive? He said, oh, yeah, actually, on Saturday, after your live event, we're thinking of going on a drive. And I said to you, Tony, I said, we have to go on that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Even if it means leaving the event a little bit early and being a tiny bit rude to the amazing people that turned up, we do not want to miss we're that going. drive. We're going. Because yeah. it's just fun. And as I say, Lawrence tends to get a load of his friends, yeah. and everyone jumps in whatever cars they want. Literally, yeah. it was... It was like a, a free for all. Yeah, free for all. Yep. Like <laughs> keys in a bowl, you know, that kind of free for all. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, what does no, that we'll do? No, so are on the windscreen. People like, can I take that? Can I take that? Can yeah, take yeah, that? yeah. So we were trying to be super. We were like, mate, whatever. whatever. Like, just put us, if you have to put us in a car together, like, Josh was like, no, no, what do you want? So I just said, well, can we put Tony in the 765LT? Because oh. I've often spoken about in this podcast, I think it's one of the most underrated modern supercars. Yeah. I loved my experience in it. I think. I thought you maybe would enjoy it, and you driven Black Series eight twelve comp. Yeah, we ticked a lot of the boxes. Yeah, and so apart from new GT three RS, which even I haven't driven, I was like, "That's the one that I want Tony to experience."
1: Yeah, well, ag- well, again, like when he said, "Like drive the seven six five LT," and he's you're he almost like back because I wasn't that bothered about driving it. He said, like, "No, mate, go and drive the seven six five. You mm. haven't driven it, go and drive it." Yeah. And he never really said anything
0: about from apart from you know, go and drive it. Because I didn't I didn't want to give you any preconception. And the Black Series and stuff like that, I was happy to kind of... Yeah, but yeah. But I just wanted you to just go and have an authentic experience. Also, because I don't know many other people who've driven the 765LT, so I don't want anyone to bounce off. Yeah. I regretted not being a little bit more forceful. <laughs> because I was like you know everyone was grabbing and you yeah, know that thing being where like really polite well because you know everyone else was like mate I'll take that and I was like no one's going just give me a car Josh yeah. I don't care yeah, and I was yeah. like this is a bit So I just said I said mate honestly just give me a car I don't care I'm yeah, super happy to be Yeah here. yeah <laughs> now, now I do sound like an arrogant prick <laughs> He gave me the Aston V12 Vantage convertible stunning spec white with the red interior beautiful car quicksilver exhaust Just not the you know, this was a drive this was a 40-minute drive, maybe an hour, Mm. when you wanted to literally light your balls on fire. It was one of those drives. You wanted to literally just be nuts to the wall, like I'd get back highways, and like, thank god I survived highways tunnel tunnels runs. like just accelerating yeah, from yeah. the lights yeah. loads yeah. of crazy stuff. everything else that was there there was the new Lamborghini Countach there was a Lamborghini Sián. there was an 812 GTS with a full Novitech exhaust there was an RA with the most awful exhaust I've ever <laughs> had on in my <laughs> life STO STO like everything loud and shouting yeah, from London, and yeah. I was just like hello everybody <laughs> hello. <laughs> the <fire> just cruising <laughs> I couldn't I never heard the car once because <laughs> everyone alongside me was louder yeah. and so as I say like Cool car, and I like the coupon when I drove it, but I just spilled, like, oh, I should have been a bit more lair I should have said, sorry, Josh, can I take I would have taken the A12 comp at that point. Anyway, as I say, I sound spoiled, still cool opportunity. And I still had that. still had the time of my life. Yeah. And I'm so glad we went on that drive. But tell us everything because reminder.
3: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f***? Are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So, to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at slash switch.
3: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're a Shark Tank fan or business junkie, check out the podcast, Another Bite. Each week, Another Bite breaks down the biggest success stories and most disastrous failures to come out of Shark Tank. The hosts break down each company's pitch, analyze the deals that were or weren't made, and answer the million-dollar question, are they still a company? Whether you're an entrepreneur looking for tips or a Shark Tank fan that just wants to relive the drama, another bites your deep dive into the world of Shark Tank. Just search for another bite in your favorite podcast app, like the one you're listening to right now.
0: Tony is a McLaren hater. He is not... He has not come back to the fold like I have. I've worked closely with the McLaren team over the last two or three years. I'm fully back on board with Are you the back brand. On board? The... Totally. After okay, that Arturo experience. All right. Like, the mate. 720S Spider experience, which I loved. And then the Arturo experience, which I love. Like, I'm back on board. I'm I what what's called innocent until proven guilty in my okay, mind with McLaren. Fair. No and, problem. and I loved the 765RT. So tell yeah. us all. So I got in it. Mm-hmm. Started it up. It started. Flipping
1: hell, this is a win. It started up. <laughs> no key, not found. It, it, it was completely fine. Started up. Nice noise. Mm-hmm. Car was shaking. Had a bit of character
0: to it. A lot of vibration.
1: A lot of vibration. Don't look like it's got any soundproofing at all. Maybe a little bit, but cool. No problem. So drives it out of the garage. And leaves it running for a while. All the guys are gathering around. We're sitting around. We then get going. As I pulled out of the driveway or the garage or whatever, we turned left out of this road. In 10 metres, I f- thought to myself, flipping it's one of the best cars I've ever driven. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And I honestly can say, hand on heart now, it's the best car I've definitely driven this year. Yeah. It is incredible to the point. Where I had to stop myself, I actually thought, "Well, that car was literally built for me. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute lunatic. Yep. That car. It's, ter- it's actually terrifying. It's terrifying. Yep. It. It's got. It's got character like a Ferrari. It. It. it speed like a hypercar. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly fast. The brakes." Very good. Not like that really, there's a little bit of travel, not a really long break like most other McLarens have. Um, What else can I say? I I mean, I can't really think of too many minuses. It's psychotic as a car. It's unbelievable. The two real things that I picked up on, one was, there is still a little bit of turbo lag from that engine. It is still a little bit.
0: It's, it's part of that engine's character, though, I think. Like, I, I'm not wholly against that boost feeling. I think it adds to the experience. But you're right. If you're really urgent on it, you're a bit like, come on, come on, because yeah. it's so quick. But not,
1: not, not like a 720S. Nowhere <sighs> near like a 720S. It's loads more urgent than a 720S. Um, the uh, uh, and as well, I think it's because they got them stupid, really thin front tires. Maybe the carbon tug as well. There was some. There, there was still some understeer. McLaren really suffered from understeer, obviously, and it, it was there was still some understeer. But apart from that, mate, I, I mean, I'm being so mm-hmm. so critical. It, it's definitely one of the best cars I've ever driven, for sure. And it's it's a, a car that would be really, really, really high on my list to own. And I said to you when I got out at the meeting point, at the meeting point, <laughs> oh, I'm going to buy one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he literally. I said to him, "I oh, want the going on the auto trailer oh, I have already looked. I have
1: already looked." <laughs> uh, I'm I'm, I'm going because this car is like hot, like nothing I've ever driven. Mm. It's it was incredible. And then once I'd got back and after I'd down. put my brain back in gear, I realised that it was still a McLaren. As good as it was, it will probably break. Bullshit. And, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. And, and, and you said to me as well, if you had to pick between the McLaren and the black, initially I did say the McLaren. After I'd had some... Real thought about it, I would still go the Black Series as as a whole as a car for the many reasons that the the McLaren is like ten or zero. Mm. You can't mm-hmm, mm-hmm, stop mm-hmm. the it's a flipping wild animal. Yeah, so yeah. if you said to me you got it, you got it for an hour to blast up that mountain and come back, I'd have the McLaren all day. Mm-hmm. If if you said to me you've got to drive 900 miles, you go and
0: do a track day, and then you come back out of the Black Series all day. The thing about that LT is it genuinely feels like McLaren Automotive, the engineers, the designers, looked at all the feedback, right? Looked at the general consensus of, you know, McLaren's are all boring, and they're all just too easy to drive, and they literally went F you. Like, F you all. And And fair play to them. Yeah, right. That's what you want. You want to, and they did it. Yeah. And they delivered this unbelievable behemoth of a, and all of these things are positives, terrifying. Yeah. Unhinged, <laughs> manic, psychotic yeah. car in the best way possible. They they are. Vi- I drove that car up to Alexander's Prestige and back the whole way on the motor. I'm like, Whoa! They are. They are. They are. it never stops vibrating. It no. never stops shaking. The urgency because I, I believe they shortened all the gear ratios to increase that urgency. Yeah, yeah. So the way the thing wants to take off and it's just and it keeps going, angry and it keeps going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've said it, and I said I've I'm not maybe I've not said it enough. It is so overlooked, that car. Mm. And this is the problem that McLaren suffered. I remember when I, I think when I did the Arturo piece, I said, you know, I did the, painted the whole picture, you know, I, I haven't had a great time with McLaren, and blah, 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 blah. And the McLaren team were like, look, we, we get it, but when are you going to give us a break on the whole, mm. the car's break? The car? mm. I, said, I said, unfortunately. Stop breaking. Well, no. They have stopped breaking, mate. Mm. This is the point. But I said, the problem is you don't realise the cliff edge that you're not on, or sorry, the vertical wall you're having to climb. Mm. So the fact that no one has really bought into that LT... Mm. Proves everything that's wrong or the f- challenge you face because just like you said, it's probably gonna break It's probably gonna lose a shit ton it's of money. Co- it's confidence. Like, it's confidence yeah, in yeah. the br- and, and, and and they are in the brand probably now delivering great products I say I know they're still struggling with Artura Deliveries, but the Artura product is fantastic the 765 RT as we've now both realized is unbelievable 750s that's come on to in a second, but I even like, well, who was it? Must have been Rory, Rory Reed's review of the 750S maybe? Or somebody, I can't remember. Maybe it was the Top Gear piece. Anyway, and they touched on the nervousness around just this. is Mm. you know, reliability, price point. And the more and more that we keep reminding people, the more and more people are nervous. I said, and that's that's why I have to keep mentioning it because everyone's thinking it. And Mm. if we just don't talk about it, then we're in trouble. So... Long story short, it really upsets me and frustrates me that we me too. had those negative experiences. We all feel that way because what a car. Yeah. And, uh, it made me want one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like you, I was like, yes, I wasn't wrong. Mm. This thing is amazing. Yeah. And... Uh, but I would be nervous. I mean, I couldn't afford to go buy a three hundred thousand pound car. But um, yeah, she could. No, I couldn't. Don't tell lies. <laughs> <nice. laughs> uh, so yeah, so so I'm so glad you had the chance. And yeah, huge thanks to the Lee Collection yeah. for all of those experiences. And i say some other fun bits that we haven't touched on, which will be in the main channel video. So um, they are coming soon to wrap off wrap up our trip the last two videos on the main channel you made a video about the sound dune one did you yeah a little some short footage of the sound (laughs) (laughs) dune we obviously we talked about it on the episode last week so Uh. um, that was amazing uh so i said 750s let's touch on that Mm. um initial reviews came out obviously the car uh not massively different i think compared to like a db12 it's like 30 percent new people seem to love it though um i'll hold hold my breath until i've got behind the wheel of it but um people seem to be very
1: positive about it don't most journalists like most mclarens though right in um. in general and, and i and we have never ever sat on here mate really in general and said that they they the cars are bad they're just Fair. unreliable Fair, yeah oh, the, M- mclaren have always made good cars good point good they, point. They yeah. they just from where i sit
0: they don't Work, but or I, most of the time they don't work. But is the bigger problem not because? Okay, fine. Let, I, I'm not going to tackle you. On no, the, no, the, don't worry. But the depreciation. I think that's maybe it all comes around to confidence. Yeah, mate.
1: yeah. the whole the whole thing. It's it's the depreciation, um, and it all ties in. Yeah. It all ties in together. You know, if something doesn't work, product doesn't work, or or the depreciation's bad, or no one has confidence in the
0: brand. This is what happens. But look at the Roma and the two nine six Ferrari aren't a million miles from heading in that direction. At the I, I I agree, and they're two a- cars that are depreciating like
1: lead bricks a- and having issues. They're having a bomb, but you could almost say that about nine nine two Turbo S
0: and GT 3s apparently. And,
1: <laughs> and we and we say that nine nine two Turbo well, I definitely is an all round sports car. It's one of the best you can buy. I mean, they're mm. t- t- absolutely tanking at the moment. One ten. 115. <coughs> uh, not retail, no. No, what What are they retail? Uh, 130, 140 for a, one, a bit of miles still on. Still
0: not that bad. They're what, 40 grand appreciation
1: in. No, but the, 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 that's the problem. If you got one list, people were paying
0: 50, 60 over for it. Well, if you're paying overs, you've got to be prepared to lose it all. A, a, absolutely, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But they've still got some way to fall them. I, I
0: think there's too many of them. My car's going in for uh, its big service next week. Oh, wow. Yeah, to get all the recalls done. Two years done. old, is it? No, 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 no. Because remember I said I'm going to bring it forward. Oh, okay. Because I, I want to get brakes checked. It's got to get the cracked window replaced. It's got a few recalls. You haven't serviced early? Yeah, well, at least a health check to get. It. I don't know if I get it serviced. Don't need service to service, service, no. But but uh, I say I want to I want to get the brakes checked after the track day and the road trip. Um, there was a chip on the wheel when they changed the tyres. Mm. So they've ordered a replacement wheel from the factory. Um, there's a the cracked window that I wanted to get look at. Yeah, and I also want to give. Uh, want to get the car given a once, once over. over fair because um, I've had two oil refills. Um, which I've done myself, just topping up the yeah. oil. So maybe an oil change, just to make sure that's all hunkered all week. Yeah, I, I used to do that with... I'd done that with both of my previous gen
1: cars. They weren't due a service, yeah. but I time to drop the oil out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, just go and have a look around it. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, let,
0: I'll let you know how that goes on. Um, but watching the 750 review uh, and hearing the fact that, you know, it's only 30% new parts, blah, 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 it got me thinking because DB12, a lot more new parts, but looked very similar to DB11. Mm. 750S... Identical visually to a 720s, mm. even though under the skin, apparently a few more changes. New Panamera just launched, mm. basically looks identical to the old one, give or take a few bumpers. Uh huh. Um, what else have we seen that's New KN, which looks like a McCann, yeah. Um, we saw a couple of those actually in Australia, weirdly. It definitely looks like a McCann from the front, from the back, from the back, sorry. It feels like, and of course, there are lots of cars that buck the trend, but it feels like quite a few manufacturers, definitely more in the sports car world, are starting to play it very safe on design, if really keeping designs very similar. So a lot of companies are coming out saying, oh, you know, we've under the skin, a huge amount of changes and all this new technology. And like, okay, Range Rover's a bad example because they only bring out a new car every 10 years. But even new Range Rover's, you know, it's a little hard to tell without squinting between new and old. So... Why do we think this is? What is the gameplay here? Have we seen the end of great automotive design? Is there a reason why manufacturers are choosing not to spend lots of money or make a lot of work in this area? Is it important? Because for me, and this is where I'll leave it off, for me, if a car doesn't look wildly different, I don't tend to get massively overexcited because I'm like, okay, fine, it might be better under the skin but i could buy the old one and no one's going to really know if i'm in the old one or the new one g wagons are probably the ultimate example of that the the problem
1: is mate sometimes these manufacturers they can't win they get they get slagged off for bringing a new car that looks up completely different to the old one like the bmw m2 or the new m3 they go, oh that looks terrible compared to the old one and then they bring a car out that looks similar to the old car and you go, oh, it's too similar i mean they cannot win
0: but design, surely, firstly, design needs to be challenging, right? For, for any design to be forward-thinking, to be futuristic, to be people just don't like change. And you know, uh, well, I, I, saw few, it then. I saw a few comments on my M3 post on Instagram. Be like, i don't notice how you haven't shown the front end. People are still banging on about that front grille. <laughs> it looks amazing. I think it looks fucking fantastic. Yeah. just I like the photos from the back. Um, and uh, so, I, I think 720s was a great example of that. People going there's the weirdest looking car now. People get used to it. So. I understand what you mean by you can't win, but you think that's why manufacturers are doing it? They're playing it, so they're going, well, we don't want social media to judge the looks of this car, so we're just not really going to change the way it looks, but make a load of changes under the skin.
1: No, I think sometimes they just, you know, maybe they just think that if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, like if, if a product sells and it still looks up to date, you know, there's some manufacturers that, that change their cars every three or four years, <coughs> Mercedes, um, and th- th- all of a sudden the car looks, the previous model looks really, really old because mm-hmm. they keep updating them so quickly. But there's only, you know, some of these manufacturers, they must hit a wall and they go flipping on what we're going to do next. You know what? What? What Um, is next? What? Short of putting guns on and stupid spoilers, and then we
0: go in on them and saying looks like something's crashed through Halfords. Yeah, no, but (laughs) I I disagree. I I mean, automotive design has to be one of the leading, uh, leading sort of uh, levels of design in the world. We've seen it over the years, and greats like Pininfarina and Touring, all these people like that, um, have have set the bar. And look at the way back in the 50s and the 60s, American car design. But there's icons that we've seen. I mean, the 911, you know, whatever, you can judge about that. But there have been plenty of icons over the year. And it just feels like we're getting more and more new cars get unveiled. And we all go, oh, this looks like the old one. Like, And I don't think that used to happen 10, 15 years ago. A new generation, a new model would look, feel, and be different. And that was something to get tech excited tech about. Then.
1: We have big tech jumps then, you know. We're, we're, we're the, the, the tech jumps are less now, you know, <clears throat> 10, 15 years ago. And actually, when you look at design of a car, when you're a manufacturer, I would suspect the biggest challenge that I would say these manufacturers have got, especially, let's use 911, Range Rover, Golf mm-hmm. as a comparison, mm-hmm. right? we want you, this is the designers, the the, the, the manufacturer's designers, we want you to make a new modern car, but it must still represent what we already sold. It must still look like a Golf. It must still look like a 911. It must still look like a Range Rover. And that's harder, I think, than designing a new car. Mm. It's like the Aston Martin thing. It must still look like an Aston Martin because they've got a certain look. I've got a certain mm-hmm, way about mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm. so you know <laughs> that's harder. But then you probably get to a point and you can't really do no more because technology now is right at the forefront. And we, we speak about this a lot, with, especially with electric cars. You know, they're the, 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 the battery tech and, and everything, all the, the tech inside is right 2023 now, it's right now how much further can that move on tech is incredible now especially when you look back like you said 10 or 15 years I mean I I sometimes get in 10 or 15 year old cars and they look you think flipping hell how was you getting in this 10 years ago and thinking this was state of the art you know but but also if you put yourself back 10 or 15 years ago when you got in there you'd go wow this is state of the art but there's got to be a ceiling. There has to be a wall where the wall get the 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 bars always been set so high now with design, like you said, because it's leading.
0: There has to be a point where you you can't do much more. I disagree. I, I, I disagree. <laughs> what and do you I, want them to do I, then? I, I think the prime example is EVs because I think EV design is next level. I think so many manufacturers are smashing it out of the park when it comes to EV design because they're fresh, they're different. We're getting new shapes, new models, new lines. The ability to use the EV basis you know the fact that they're not needing grills and flat floors and things like that to come up with new and interesting shapes and designs where it feels like combustion engine cars are kind of being left behind a bit where they're just going oh i'll well, just update a bumper or two or you know just keep it fairly similar and you know we'll just make sure that it's well there'll be two reasons for that i'm not going to fight you no no, no but, I, but the- it's, i'm just having a conversation no no an no, argument. no but there would be
1: there would be two reasons the grills electric cars don't need grills so they don't need to be Cool, That's the cool whole point. Down. That's what I'm saying. They get to use that to come up with a different and exciting and a new design. A- absolutely. And then, and then as well, on the flip side, these manufacturers and the governments, they want us all to buy electric cars. So mm. maybe they're concentrating on designing mega looking spaceship futuristic electric cars. Leave the combustion cars as they are, as in they're fine, because they're not. Really,
0: the future. This is the future. This is the next car. I think that might be it. Maybe it is. I think that might be it because obviously, as we know, manufacturers are ten years further down the line than we are right now. You know, so. I remember going to an event. Oh, by the way, I've got the i5 coming. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, uh, is it next week or two weeks? So I've got a six-month loan of the i5 M60. Wow. Which I actually the, the one super? that we just about. Yeah, the Super Larry oh, one. Oh, wow, yeah. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Um, but prime example, I remember attending an event in 2019 at BMW in <laughs> Munich at the headquarters at the factory, and they brought out Hans Zimmer, the legendary film composer, uh-huh. um, as like we have brought Hans Zimmer on board to help develop the sound of our electric car cars mm. so that was 2019 and the i5 is the first car that he's put his handprint footprint right. melody on so you didn't play around with some of the sounds i didn't play around with, with the noise. in the energetic mode and stuff we, um sounds oh, like sport a sport mode and that no so there's one called energetic which makes oh. it sound like a bloody a film score unbelievably right so you know that's four years down the line he's just the sound part right. so uh, i think that's what it is i think designers and manufacturers are pushing so hard to make EVs exciting and attractive. And it's a new world for them. Mm. They've got so many opportunities because the the actual blueprint is different. Yeah. Where from the combustion engine vehicle, they're just like, look... Just give it a light refresh. It, it works. We don't need because that model line is going to die yeah, in five yeah, years' ago. Yeah. The yeah. Panamera will be all electric in its next generation, Immunally, most likely. Yeah. And so, therefore, that's when we want it to have a whole new look and represent a whole new vibe. Will it? Will we, it
1: exist? Will it be a Taycan cross something instead? Yeah. Of
0: a, will it actually say Panamera well, they, anymore? They got rid of the the estate one, didn't they? For the now, sport, at least. Turismo. Yeah, it's gone. It's just the hatchback Panamera right. for now. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. Maybe that's why they're not mm. putting a lot of... But, I mean, for McLaren and Aston Martin, it's maybe a little hard, harder to argue. But still, we do know, as I say, they're so far down the line, mm. Aston are probably already on the super hybrid or the electric DB... Oh, God knows what it's called. 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I find it I do find it interesting. No. Um, it doesn't stop me wanting a Panamera though. Remember that conversation oh, we had? Oh <laughs> mate, please literally I've never wanted a Panamera. I actually don't like the Panamera. <laughs> every like I've driven week. I've driven so I've driven so many and every time I'm like god this is real bore yeah. bore. And I just literally last week I was like, oh got to get a Panamera? I know. So weird. Oh, you know the other car I want? Senna. No. <laughs> I want a McLaren Senna, mate. I was watching a DDE video, Daily Driven Exotics, and he took delivery of his Senna yeah. or whatever, and he was driving it around LA, went to get caught, and I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, that do me a on. Senna. Yeah, go on, Senna, what a vibe. And then, literally, that afternoon, I was driving through mm. Chelsea, and I saw a Senna coming the other way, and I was like, oh, mate, Senna's, what a thing. <laughs> Can't so even easy. afford a 765 looking at Senna's. So, I'm <laughs> so easy to impress. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm literally like, becoming like my dad who walks into a petrol station and goes, <laughs> what's this music playing? I'd love this CD. Um, ben, anyway, so uh, <laughs> look, we had, we had an amazing time in Australia. Uh, glad that we could share some of those stories. Should we touch very quickly on the video that went live just now, our M3 journey? Our five oh, it was ad- the funniest thing. I mean, funny at times, stressful for me at others. We're going to pick up on two comments that we saw a lot of, and I do know that lots of you listening don't always cross over onto the main channel and vice versa, but we had two things that we just thought we had to address. Yeah. Firstly, people... Fuming. <laughs> Fuming that yeah. you put standard, in inverted commas, E10 fuel in the M3. Yeah. People, FYI, <laughs> yeah. on the fuel filler cap uh-huh. for the M3, yep. it says E5 or E10. Or E15. Or e 50 Where do they sell E15?
1: Well, well it's, it's not coming, coming yet. but It's the, coming. It's coming, but oh, the, the, so the, the car's ready for it. So it's a brand new modern car that makes... Absolutely
0: no difference. What fuel you put in them? Well, we we do we do disagree on this. Tony is a is a, a naysayer, a, a myth debunker on fuels. Yeah. I've had enough Kool Aid thrown in my direction from the likes of Energy, uh, so Esso and Shell and all these lots. I do believe that a V Power or or one of those things yeah. does. D- is a different product. Tony thinks it's all the same. makes it mean-
1: loads faster, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying <laughs> that. You
0: can really feel the difference. I'm not saying <laughs> that. Really I, do, I do think it is a better fuel for your engine. I do think it's uh, a cleaner fuel. I do think it helps maintain the health of the engine. Mm-hmm, but right. I'd be fascinated on an MPG test. I don't know how we arrange that. Any fuel companies listening, I don't care who you are, if you're able to or, or willing to let me do uh, some kind of test of standard fuel... The high power fuel and a synthetic fuel. Let's chuck it in. That would be so interesting. That would be amazing. Back to back test because I think 0 to sixty, Nurburgring lap, and uh, point A to point B road trip, all three fuels would perform nearly identically. I agree. MPG would be the only thing I'd be interested in. <laughs> I would be. I would be interested to see if the V power maybe gave you. Half or 0.2 of an mpg more because that is part of the claim. That sounds worth it for an extra 25p a litre. Well, okay, so, so Tony is a no. So <laughs> Tony has never put a higher rated fuel in any of his cars. No. Like on the GT3 road trip, always the base standard fuel. Yeah. But just a reminder because what's wrong with it? Brand new cars yeah. are built to take. E ten, E five, like Correct. they they might say we recommend V power or something like yeah. that, but that's because Shell spent a lot of money to get them to say so. <laughs> yeah, or SO, or any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah a yeah. high performance engine is gonna perform better theoretically with the high performance fuel. Well, I've never noticed it. But long story short, I we we couldn't believe that people were so furious. Really angry. Um and I'm a big fuel person and I really don't get Drink butt stuff. Hurt. <laughs> I don't get butt hurt <laughs> if I'm at a, Like, if I get to a petrol station and they don't have V power, I don't, like, leave and go to the next one. No. I literally go, okay, go i just put the standard stuff in. Like, mm. even, like, in the. Well, I couldn't do it in the 360 because couldn't, you couldn't put E10 in that because it gets all clogged up. Um, all right, I so mean, you could do it, like, once. Yeah, well, I don't drive 25 year old cars. So. Fair. If yeah. you have an older car, I get it, but it's a yeah. brand new M3. So, yeah, firstly, yeah. we were quite shocked by that and wanted to clarify that. And I, I drive wanted... one daily, by the way. Do you know
1: what? I hadn't driven my car for. Over a month, yeah, M3 my M three yeah. tour, and I drove it yesterday, and I thought, "Flippin' hell, why does this feel so familiar?" And I realised I was in Australia in my I'm driving I've done yeah. five hundred miles in one.
0: I genuinely want to do that test. Actually, I am mean, are going to? That's a twenty twenty four goal. Is more that right, fuel yeah. test? It sounds more like a. That's a very nerdy. Maybe maybe it's a podcast episode. I'd like to do that because then you, c- I can either stand there and go, "Ha ha ha," told you, or you can prove me wrong. We're either going to have to do it independently Uh-oh. or with a very brave fuel scientist or fuel manufacturer. They're either going to have to really believe in their product mm. or we're going to have to do it independently. But we're going to have to drain the tanks each time, aren't we? Because mm. you get. have to put like 20 litres in, drive it to almost empty or like then drain it and then put... Because t- you can't mix, then you're going to get wrong results. I'm going to have to get a hypnotist to convince me. But okay. Or three identical cars. Would you accept this? Three identical cars running yeah. on three different fuels. Lovely. So could we get three Modern or not modern? Yeah. I think modern. I modern. think modern. Oh, I oh, that's the argument, right? Oh, I agree. Three identical 330i's from BMW or something. Do they still make 330i's? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. look me, me confused. Yeah, identical and, and fill them each with a different fuel and then do a road test. Yeah. That would be great. um And the other thing we want to pick up on is the fury of us taking the. And through towing onto the beach. It was the funniest day we
1: ever had. I mean, it was amazing. Well, I thought it was hilarious because when we got stuck, he was really flapping.
0: Well, (laughs) firstly, let's just clarify a few things. Um, I did a lot of research into this in terms of what beaches we could drive on. Oh, my God, a ton of research. I'm not going to just go willy-nilly and drive on any old beach that I saw. Which beaches we could drive on, which were the easiest to get on and off, which were the safest to drive on, which had the most, you know, um, hard sand, the approach and de-approach angles, the ability of the BMW. Oh, I I did a lot of research. We we paid our tickets, we did everything. Obviously, there was an inherent risk because we got stuck. Um, (laughs) Uh, Oh, you didn't, I did. you, you, You did. Yeah, we had gone on and off the beach using the same entry and exit points about three or four times before Correct. we got stuck so everyone going like well of course it was uphill like don't give him such a hard time i gave him a hard time because no. i drove on and off the beach i, <laughs> I just piled in it. Yeah, Tony, yeah, yeah. Tony, the first time he tries it gets sunk yeah. um so I, I did i really lost my cool i was really <laughs> because as i said on the main channel video i really didn't want to call bmw and be like sorry guys we've Got your car stuck in the sand. But you know what? It's absolutely fine, mate, because we're good
1: friends. And I understand you have little farts and tempers (laughs) every now and then. That's fine. I don't listen to you. But but also, it might actually be a little lesson for you because no one died. We were fine. We were fine. In 30 minutes, we were out. It's no... There's always someone to help. And as I was piling in and thinking, oh, I'm going to get stuck here, I was already thinking, well, there's some pickup trucks up there, so if we get stuck, I'm going to get towed out anyway. So it's we- not the end
0: of the world. Can we blame your technique at that moment? Oh, I was completely my fault. I just you. in. Because yeah. a lot of people were saying, why on earth are you taking that car onto the beach? it was fine no yeah I just went in the deep bit basically I just ballsed it up you know he balls it up yeah, that's what happens it's better than going in a wall which which I'm due by the way that's due um, that's definitely <laughs> due, and we like spent well over a hundred dollars getting that car fully valet cleaned by the way was so it a hundred dollars Um, yeah you didn't know it was hundred and twenty five dollars That part. was it yeah yeah because I said to them like it's all got to go so, so cool. people were like, you kind of at least washed the underside." I wonder underside.
1: why the radio one in there when we come
0: out? <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, that car—you could have licked that car. We got rid of, it as much, of course, you know, sand as sand, but yeah. it was immaculate. We actually think we handed that car back to BMW in slightly better shape yeah. than it was dropped off. But um, we took all the care and precaution that we felt like we should or we could. And well, yeah, anyway, I understand that some people were perturbed by it and upset by it, yeah. but. And anyway. by the way, I would have took my own car on there, by the way. Yeah, I would have taken my own I car on there as well. Straight, 100%. Yeah, and that's care. why I did that reason to make sure yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was the beach we could do it on. Yeah. And we were totally fine. And if we hadn't got stuck... No one would have had anything we really to say. It was no. like a lovely experience and nice time. the car was great and as far as I know, BMW Australia were all fine with it. We had a laugh and a joke with well, the team. It could have been in the ocean. We well, could have been in the ocean. <laughs> uh, or as you say, on its roof. Um, yeah. But anyway, we just wanted to address that because we were just a bit like, what? Um, <laughs> that brings the end to, to, to our... I'll return to the studio. I've had a nice time. A lovely place to be. We should do this again next week. We will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we might. I'm just checking the legality of what I'm allowed to discuss. Uh-oh. We will discuss the Gordon Murray T50 next week. Will we? Because the first reviews are out. <gasps> or review, I think. Should Top Gear. I go and look at a couple of them? and then what? Yeah. yeah I? Go watch the Top Gear review. All right, mate. Go watch the Top Gear review. Who does that, that nowadays? Days. Who does Top Gear? I think it's uh, I think it was Ollie Q that did it. I think. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely discuss that. And there's maybe something more that I can discuss, but we'll see. Anyway, we'll be back with you next week. So if you're listening to us, thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, You can give us a review uh, via the Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to. Can they? They can, absolutely. Right. I would love a five star, but if you want to give us one, we understand. Uh, uh, If you're watching us here on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, turn on notifications. Um, We're getting towards the end of our year, but we've got a number of episodes left before we wrap things up for our annual Christmas break. So as I say, stay around, and we'll be back with you for another episode next week. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya.
3: If you're a Shark Tank fan or business junkie, check out the podcast, Another Bite. Each week, Another Bite breaks down the biggest success stories and most disastrous failures to come out of Shark Tank. The hosts break down each company's pitch, analyze the deals that were or weren't made, and answer the million dollar question are they still a company? Whether you're an entrepreneur looking for tips or a Shark Tank fan that just wants to relive the drama, Another Bite's your deep dive into the world of Shark Tank. Just search for another bite in your favorite podcast app like the one you're listening to right now.